Hello and welcome back to Touching Base PR Edition. My name is Jamie Gerke and I'll be your host today. This is the podcast where I help aspiring communications professionals create the careers they dream of. Through fun interviews with top-notch PR and marketing pros, you're going to gain a wide understanding of the industry and know how to make your mark. Let's do it. All right, so this episode is an interview with Amy Dory. She is a publicist and communication strategist, and she owns her own business, ADPR. So we talk about things like corporate communications and why that is important because she is now a business owner, but she got a lot of work done in corporate communications beforehand. We talk about really getting a ton of experience in the industry and kind of being open to different opportunities and that along with that comes celebrity PR. And we also talk about social media as a business owner and how she uses social media um, for her business ADPR. Before we get into it, I want to talk about my personal and professional life and I definitely have some updates that I'm really, really, really excited to share. So talking about my personal life first... Um, because it's kind of the quicker one. I can't stop saying the words like silly little. So I'll be like, oh my God, I'm on a silly little walk. But I bought a silly little journal. And in my journal, I've started journaling my thoughts whenever I get like anxious or anything like that. And so I journal my thoughts and it really helps me like put out my thoughts and kind of analyze what I'm thinking about or like why something is making me anxious, etc. And this journal just feels so cathartic because it's like I write it down. I close the journal, the thoughts are no longer in my head, they're in my journal, but I can revisit them at a point when I'm ready to revisit them, like when I'm in therapy. So this journal has been a literal game changer, so if you are someone that like maybe struggles with anxiety or something like that, I recommend trying it. Obviously, I'm not a mental health expert, but it's something that's working for me, and so maybe you should try it too. Now talking about my professional life, I do not even know what to say, but I... I'm no longer a communications grad assistant at St. John's University, and rather I am a marketing grad assistant, and this was a change I never even thought about, but it was something that just kind of happened, so I guess back in May, I started working on some more social media stuff at work. We were in between social media managers, and so there was this void, and so I started working in social media doing some stuff, and then... The two girls that were marketing grad assistants both graduated, and so they were hiring for grad assistants for marketing, which is pretty much the same department as communications. I'm still in my same desk. Like, I'm still in the same office. Still, everything's the same. But there was this opening for marketing, and it was for a marketing social media grad assistant role. And something was just, like, calling me to the role. It was like, I didn't want to lose the experience that I was starting to get in social media, and... I figured I could also widen my experience with marketing by doing a year as communications and then a year in marketing. I figured I could just widen my experience, widen widen my range because as a grad assistant, I am only there for two years, so I will be applying to jobs at the end of this year. And so having the most experience possible seemed like it made a lot of sense to me. So it was like a super duper hard decision because I love working with my teams. I work with volleyball and softball and I absolutely love working with them, covering them. I love traveling and being on the road with them. But I really, really, really wanted to be able to focus on social media and kind of explore other things that I thought I might have been good at. And I actually started in athletics as a marketing intern when I was still at Binghamton and before I switched into communication. So it was kind of like this full circle moment. But it was this long process of switching because 
I was still doing a lot of the communications work because they hadn't filled my position yet, so I was still doing all of that. And so I was hesitant to talk about it yet because I wanted to be sure what was going on when it came on to happen. So now that the changes officially happened, I'm working on transitioning the person who will be taking over my communications role, and I've been doing all the marketing this weekend. So let me explain to you what's happening. So as a marketing assistant, I work with um, games and promotional materials and promos and giveaways or anything like that. I also write the script for our PA announcer. I write like the run of the show and I get to be really, really, really creative, which is great because I love being creative. So this weekend, I kind of ran the show for volleyball. We had a tournament this weekend called the Red Storm Invitational. So I did all the PA scripts. I came up with the timelines for the events. I ran the video boards. I learned how to do music. I learned how to use the video boards. We use like these Dactronic scoreboards, which can be kind of confusing, but I figured it out. And I'm really, really, really happy with what I'm doing right now. So that is kind of my life um, update. I'll continue to talk about it more in the coming weeks, but I'm so excited that I could finally share that information with you guys. And so without further ado, I'm going to hop right into this interview with Amy. My name is Amy Dory, and I am a publicist and communication strategist and um, owner of ADPR. Amazing. So like I said, we're going to do two or three little hot seat segment questions. So my first question for you is, what is your favorite food and why is it your favorite food? Oh, it's probably lobster. I grew up by the ocean and in a place where I can actually drive to a wharf and get it really fresh. So that's my favorite. I try not to have it too much in the city because it just doesn't compare. Yeah. So where did you grow up? I grew up in the East Coast, uh, Nova Scotia. Okay. Amazing. When I was in the fifth grade, I did a whole research project on Nova Scotia. Oh yeah. It was my assigned province. Um, so like little 10 year old me was just a little walking atlas of Nova Scotia. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Lobster is a big deal. Yeah. I do remember that one. And then my second question for you, well, I guess technically my third question is if you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would you go and why? Um, I would probably go to Hawaii. I'm going next year, but I'm just anxious and I'd like to go now. Yeah. Uh, I've been a couple times and it's just heaven, paradise, relaxation, the beach, the sun. And you can't, I feel like you can't help but like slow down when you go there. So that's where I'd want to go. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the perfect segue into communications, talking about being able to slow down because PR is definitely not one of those jobs where you slow down very often. So switching gears, can you tell me where you went to school and what you got your degree in? Yes, I went to Carleton University in Ottawa and I started in a journalism degree, but I ended up with a mass communication degree, which was sort of like a sister program. Yeah. And so tell me, start off by telling me like what that transition looked like and why you made that switch. So I always knew I wanted to work in PR. I never wanted to be a journalist, but I figured the best way to get into PR was to maybe take a journalism degree. 
And I, I liked Ottawa. I had family there and I'd been there many times. So I wanted, I wanted to go there. I wanted to go kind of like a bit away from home. Um, and when I got there, I very quickly was like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not into journalism. I kind of wanted to be the person more answering the questions than asking the questions. That's really always what fascinated me. So after the first year, I just switched to uh, mass comm as we, as we call it. And I finished out like a four-year degree in that. Yeah. And so when you were in undergrad, did you do any internships or any jobs that kind of related to PR? What did the like rest of your undergrad experience look like outside of classes? My undergrad for that, I kick myself now because it was a bit of a waste. I really just went to university and I had fun and I had some illusion that when I got out, I'd just be able to find a job, which of course was not the case. Um, but I did end up, if we fast forward, I didn't end up going to Humber PR, Humber College in Toronto for the PR program there, which was eight months, like a, a certificate program because I already had a degree. And that's where I got, um, that's where I got sort of like the main skills and an internship from there. Yeah, so let's talk about graduating college and then ending up um, getting that PR certificate. What was the period of time like in between? What did that look like for you? So when I was done university, I really was adamant about not doing any more school. I figured that I would just work my way into a PR team at a company somewhere um, because I was pretty ambitious. So I actually moved to Vancouver because I'd never seen the Pacific Ocean and I really wanted to. I really wanted to. So I moved to Vancouver by myself, got a job at a hotel, worked at the front desk and became friendly with the PR manager who did like all of the Vancouver chain hotels for that particular chain. And I almost got a job a couple of times when she had an opening, but I didn't have, I didn't have any experience. So while she was going to take a chance on me, someone else would apply who already had some, had some background. So I couldn't really blame her. I couldn't blame her for not hiring me. So I started applying all throughout the chain, all throughout North America. And I kept hearing, you know, you don't have any background, you don't have any background. And there was a one woman from the, the hotel here in Toronto who said to me, I think, honey, you need to move to Toronto and go to Humber and get an internship. That's how everyone gets into PR. So I really took her word for it. And then I moved to Toronto, took the program, got an internship, got a job. Yeah. And so what was that first internship experience like? It was, well, I sort of, I kind of volunteered my way into an, an internship. When I got to Humber, they started asking us pretty quickly, what industry do you want to work in? Because they wanted us to set, they wanted to set us up with mentors. Um, and I said music, cause that's really what I wanted to do. So I thought I'm here, I'm going to go for it. So they set me up with this um, blues publicist here in Toronto, who's still, who's still around um, and I sort of expressed my interest in doing like an award show, like maybe getting in that way. Cause I was really into, I, I thought I was really into the glitz and the glam and I wanted to kind of peek inside that world. So I, he put me in touch with, um, the firm that did the Juno awards and I started volunteering once a week at their firm and they started putting me on other accounts, just calling media, stuffing press kits, all that kind of stuff. And then I eventually, I actually flew myself to Winnipeg where the Junos were that year for a week and just volunteered with them. And it really, 
showed them how serious I was. And from there, I got an internship. And from there, they hired me. Yeah. So you say you wanted to get involved in like the glitz and the glam. And then the next thing you're saying, oh, I was stuffing envelopes. I was doing X, Y, Z. And I think that sometimes people have this common misconception of PR that it is all like red carpets and fancy dresses and all of that. So for you, what do you kind of think one of the biggest misconceptions of PR is? I I think that's that's probably it. I mean, yeah, there is all those things and I've done all those things, but it's just such a fraction of the bigger picture. Um, it's, and it's like, it's not easy. It's like, you're on the phone constantly. People are calling you at night. If there's a crisis, um, you know, it is, my boss used to tell me, you know, it's one of like the top 10 most stressful jobs I think in the world is working in PR. Now that depends on where you work, of course, but I think it's, I think it's true. It's, and, and a lot of the other, mis- I don't know if it's a misconception. It, there's such a mystery around it. People, when I say I work in PR, a lot of times people say, what is that? What does that mean? Even my parents for years mm-hmm. do, they would see my name on the credits of a TV show and they'd be so proud. They're like, so what did you do to get that done? Right. So I think, I think really there's no real the biggest misconception is just that nobody really knows what it is. (laughs) I think one of the funniest things is that like, no one knows what PR is, but everyone like tries to think that they know what PR is. And I feel like I've been running into this. I even like, so like, I'll be on like the dating apps and I'm like, someone's like, Oh, like, how's your day? I'm like, Oh, I was at work. They're like, Oh, what do you do for work? And I'm like, Oh, like I work in, um, I try to say like sports media, just like whatever. They're like, oh, like, what does that mean? I was like, okay, well, I do like communications and marketing. And they're like, oh, so you sell tickets. And I'm like, no, Mm. no, no. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, I feel like it's this thing that it's like, just, just stop guessing what it is. Just let me tell you what it is. Um, Because you're not going to get it right because we do so many different things. Yeah. So tell me about getting the certificate and then getting your first job and how did you get from there to where you are now? So I I worked at that firm for all from when I volunteered till when I left was it wasn't even quite a year Um, but I did intern over the summer after school was over and then they hired me sort of on a contract basis but one of the senior directors there her husband was a camera guy who worked at a tv station across the street And at the TV station, whenever there was a posting for a job, they'd send it to the whole building. So whenever he saw something that was PR related, he'd send it to his wife. And he sent it to my colleague, Beth. And Beth said, are you, would you be interested in going over there? Like, I know you want to work in music, but like TV sort of music adjacent. And so um, my boss actually knew the person who was hiring, called, gave me a reference. I volunteered, or I, I interviewed. And then I got the job at Chum Television. So I worked for City TV and it's now E, but it was called Star at the beginning. Um, so if anyone's from Toronto and they they would definitely know those those channels from back in the day. And so how long were you? Well, I guess I first want to say what was working in television PR like? It was, I mean, it was cool. When I started, I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. It wasn't, you know, it was sort of what I like, what I thought it would be like. Um, I, you know, I was the publicist for Marilyn Dennis and Jeannie Becker for a while, and that was really busy. 
Um, I worked my very first big show was Canada's Next Top Model, which was the spinoff of the Tyra Banks show in the US. So that was, they put a lot of muscle behind it. So, you know, every week a model was eliminated. We had to fly them into Toronto in secret. Then they did press all the next day. I had to be with them. I had to prep them. If they were upset, I had to console them. Um, I had to set up all the interviews, um, do all the messaging, get up early, stay up late, make sure that they got home. It was sort of, it was a lot of talent relations. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great. And there was a whole publicity team. You know, I worked sort of on city TV and star, and there was people that worked on like the science fiction channels. Mm -hmm. And then there were people who worked on the music channels and there was people in the corporate office. And we all sort of came together when there were big events. Um, and yeah, and it was just like City TV was known at the time for being a bit renegade. And now when you work in broadcasting, you know, if your TV show is is airing on channel A, then the the news on channel B like will not promote it. Like they kind of promote their own thing. But at the time, City TV was sort of like the younger little sister that nobody considered competition. So everybody promoted everything that we did, which as a publicist was great. Now it's a little bit harder. And so working with talent relations and obviously working with some bigger names, what is that kind of like, I guess, how do you maintain your cool around those celebrities? Well, if you don't maintain your cool, like you'll get kicked out of Dodge. Like it's just mm. like, you know, it's, you just have to be, you know, professional and, you know, some of them are really nice and some of them like don't care who you are and they just want you to bring them water. So I just always tried to like, yeah, I'm sort of a calm person generally. I can freak out inside, but you probably wouldn't know. So it wasn't super hard for me, but I remember that first red carpet that I did at the, um, I think it was the Schmooze or it might've been the MMVAs, the Much Music Video Awards where I worked eventually. And I just like, I could barely contain my excitement, mm -hmm. but nobody's looking at me, right? People are looking at Rihanna or... Bieber or Shawn Mendes or Drake right like no one's no one is looking for me looking at me so you can kind of like you can you can um sneak a smile here and there right and so how did you move out of the tv station and end up where you are now so I worked in that tv in that building or at that company for nine years and I moved around a lot because eventually I realized that and I never thought I'd want to own my own business like never ever ever but eventually I realized that there was like an end in sight there for me I just I wanted to control my own schedule I wanted to pick the projects I wanted to work on and I just wanted to take a chance so I I worked at the city tv area then I worked at much music for years and much music was my dream job so you know when I was 30 I had got my dream job which I had to kind of find another dream because that for after a while, I didn't want to be there anymore. I'd sort right. of done everything. So I went and I did uh, the London 2012 Olympics with the broadcaster, which was, which was our, my company, but partnering with another. Um, and then I, I even moved to corporate communications for a while, which I knew I probably really wouldn't enjoy. And it wasn't my favorite, but I'm really glad I did it because at my, on my exit strategy, I wanted to have really a 360 view of like what communications really look like. So I could take it when I started to build my own company and what better way to do that than doing it under the leadership of some of the top media executives in the country. 
Right. And so when was the moment that you really said, okay, it's time to take the leap and do it? Oh my God. I don't know if I remember the exact moment. I do know that when I wanted to leave much music, I was applying for jobs like in publishing and like in other things. And it just, I don't know, it just didn't feel, it didn't feel right. So I knew like, okay, I'm going to have to leave this soon, but I didn't feel like I wanted to soak up all the um, experience that I could. So our, our team had a lot of um, women in their, we'll say thirties started having babies. So I was taking maternity leaves. I'd go over here for a year. Then I go over here for a year. And then they put me here for six months till so-and-so came back. So I got to kind of, I think maybe when I was doing that turn of events, I realized I was getting closer and closer too. And then when I went to corporate communications, which was really interesting because I, I don't know if anyone has, has told you this on the podcast or you might know the, your internal audience is often your most important audience. And I, I didn't realize that till I worked in corporate communications where we had um, taken over another company and we had to do all these notes to staff and, and answer their questions and really have a good flow of communication because, um, you know, there, there would just be such a PR problem if we weren't, you know, communicating properly, such big changes to the employees. So I think it was when I was in that corporate communication sphere, I did that for about 15, 16 months, 18 months. I was like, okay, this is good for now, but it had a limit. Cause again, it was another maternity leave. So when they came back, I told my boss, you know what? I think it's time for me to go. I need to stay. My extra strategy is four more, four more months here. You can put me wherever you want. I'll do whatever you want. But at the end of the year, I'm going to leave. So I think it was during corporate. Yeah. And so you take the leap of faith and you start your own business. And what does it look like growing that business? How do you first find clients? What is that experience like? That was, that was sort of the most exciting thing to me. It was... I've done all this networking for, you know, probably 12 years at the time, 11 years. Are those people going to support me? You know, are they going to recommend me? Are they going to come to me if they need something? And the first month I had one client. I left knowing I had one client. I worked with a friend on another client. And for the first like five weeks, I was like, oh my God, nobody's calling, nobody's calling, which is of course is dumb. Like you have to get out there and hustle. But at the time it was like, nobody's calling. I have a really good group of friends who were all publicists at one time. We all worked together at that building. We've all now sort of dispersed to other companies, but they started hiring me. They started passing my name around. And by the end of February, I think I had five clients and it just sort of went from there. And I'll tell you that very first year, I said yes to any, everything. And I will tell your listeners, I know that first year, if you're starting your own business, especially in PR, you want to take everything because you don't know when it's going to ebb and flow. You don't know where the money's coming. You don't want to know when someone else is going to call. But I burnt myself out. I totally burnt myself out that first year. But I, um, I think I needed to do it so I could find my footing. Yeah. And I think you bring up a really great point about burnout. And I think that that is something that happens to every publicist at one point or another, just because the job is so go, go, go. Mm. So how did you kind of combat burnout? I mean, the truth is that at the, at the end, the person who really did inspire me to go on my own was my best friend. 
who was also a publicist at the same time at the building, uh, at the broadcaster where I was, she, she left a little bit earlier and started doing her own thing. She got sick and she, um, she had cervical cancer and she passed away at the end of that year. So it was a bit of a gut punch to say the least about, you know, what's life really about not to get too, you know, mm -hmm. but like, um, when January rolled around of that second year of my company, I, I had to let a few clients go, you know, I just, I just needed to slow down. And I also was finding that I was taking a bunch of smaller clients, which is fine, but I was missing out on bigger opportunities. So I really had to be careful. So I like to say, if a client comes to me and it's a hell yes, then yes, I'll definitely work with you. But if it's not a hell yes, I might have to take a pause. Yeah. And I think I'm sorry to hear about your friend, but I think that that experience ended up shaping a lot of how you are now as a business owner. Um, and so I want to ask you, what was kind of the moment that you knew you needed help with your business? When was like, you said, I need to take on another publicist. Yeah. I, you know what? I've only done this in the past, really in the past year, it sort of fell into my lap. Um, so I do have somebody that works with me who's about to have a baby. So she's going to be off for a while. So I'm going to have to muddle through. <laughs> um, but I do have a sort of an intern coming on, at least for the intern to help me with a few different things. Um, the end of the year is a little quieter than the beginning of this year. So I, I just have to manage it, you know, appropriately on my end. Um, but I think I was just, you know what? I wish I had a good answer for that, but <laughs> I think I just got so busy. And this person who is a friend of mine, also a former TV producer who could, you know, I've been training on publicity. She, you know, she was looking for a part-time job and I was like, well, let's, let's have you come on board. And then, and as she was helping me, she was sort of helping me with my social media because I sort of, I have two parts of my business. One is my regular entertainment clients. One are my services for small businesses. So I can tell you about that later. Um, but my social media presence, I really needed to sort of amp up, which she's been instrumental yeah. in. But at the same time, you know, I've had people, I had people coming to me at the end of last year saying, Hey, we have this project in March. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't handle it. But I called her and I said, do you want it? you could do it. I'll coach you through it. I'll help you. And she did it. And just from there, she's been having her own projects and we're now working on one together because, you know, she'll be off in a few weeks having a baby and then, and we'll start up again when she's ready. And so you bring up social media presence. And so I want to ask you, how important do you think it is for a PR firm to have its own social media presence? Mm, that is an interesting question. You know, I know some publicists and firms who don't. So I think it depends what industry you're in and what clientele, you know, there's a, there's a sort of PR crisis firm here in Toronto that I hear a lot about, but they don't really have a social media presence. It's like, what are they going to promote? Right. Right. Um, you know, they get recommendations. They're in the right circles to get the business that they need. People know to go to them. I don't know if they need to be you know, celebrating anything on, on social media, right? Like it just doesn't work for them. Um, someone like me who, you know, part of my philosophy is, you know, PR is such an important tool for you to promote 
your business, your brand, your person, whatever it is, if you want to get it out there, if you want more clients, if you want to boost your sales. So it was before, really before a couple of years ago, um, I, I just would post of my son, my mom, me at a concert. Like it was just sort of like personal and fun, but I really have changed my social media into a, a PR presence the last couple of years. Cause I think people need it. You know, like when you start a business, people think, Oh, I need Instagram and I need a website and I might need to buy ads and blah, blah, blah. No, but very few people actually think about PR, you know, and it's like, it's the most credible and it's, you know, technically it's free. You're not paying for it. You might be right. paying someone to help you. So, and that's why it's credible. It's because you're not paying for it. So for me, for my business, targeting social media or targeting small business and just trying to give free tips and consultations and all that, that's that's why social media was really important um, for me to ramp up in the last couple of years. Yeah, and I to know so many firms that have presences online and so many that don't. And I know like for me, even when I was applying for internships, it was like, I wanted to go and apply for those places that were already posting tips online because I was like, oh, these are the places where I'm going to be able to maybe grow the most because I already know that these people are able to teach about PR. And I think that in that sense, it made it a really nice internship experience because I would, knew kind of what I was going into. Yeah. And so I know you mentioned that you're bringing on an intern now. So what is kind of your process like with interns? Um, what are you looking for in someone that wants to be an intern? I'm looking for someone who's, you know, who might not necessarily know exactly what they want to do. They think PR is interesting you know, they don't even necessarily have to be married to the idea that they definitely want to be in PR. Someone who's a strong writer or who's willing willing to work like that. Someone who's sort of up on the news, you know, in general terms. Um, you know, a lot of my clients are entertainment. So, you know, you should know who Lizzo is, like that kind of thing. Um, and as someone just with like work ethic and someone who's sort of curious, right? I feel like I could at this stage really mentor someone and this is what I'm gonna try to do over the next few months. Um, this person actually lives on in, in the US, but I met, actually, I'll tell you the story because I think it'll be interesting to your audience. Networking is, I'm sure you talk a lot about networking on the podcast mm -hmm. and how you know, important it is. So this girl, I was at an event in New York last week, uh, last month, two months ago. And this girl was like, I'm assuming she was volunteering at the media center. And at one point she came up to me and she said, I know you own your own firm. I don't know how she knew that because I was there under a journalist pass from my client, but maybe they just Googled me, but, um, I know you own, you own your own firm. Um, you know, I, you know, I work for a production company here in New York, but I really want to get into PR and I'm just trying to network. And she gave me her card. And I just thought that took such, it takes such guts. Mm -hmm. We're in a room with a lot of people. Right. And she found me and she tracked me down. And I just said, you know what, like on that alone, you deserve certainly a chance. And, um, you know, she has a full-time job, but just to get her into the groove a bit more and like maybe help her reach her goals, um, that's sort of what I'm looking for. And, you know, I know it can be scary to like put yourself out there and ask and like 
you know, especially now in this post-COVID world, we're also used to virtual, but take advantage of the in-person if you can. Yeah, and I think so much of PR is really that power of networking. And so what is kind of your biggest tip for networking? Because I know people think it's scary. People don't like doing it, but it is the way of the industry. So what's your go-to piece of advice about networking? Um, is, I mean, look, the worst thing someone can say is no, right? So it like, what is it, what does it hurt to send an email to go up to somebody? I think most people would see that as brave and like that you have guts. Um, I think when you approach somebody, you got to really learn to read the room, right? You got to know, do they look did they not look busy? And then you approach them, they look busy. You should come back later. You know, like you have to be able to segue in and out fluidly as much as possible. Um, but another piece of advice I would say is um, about burning bridges. I know the workforce can be really tough these days. And, but if you don't have to burn a bridge, if you can be the bigger person and leave a job or something. I am telling you, it will, karma will come back to you. Um, just to give a, a bit of an example, and, and not that it was ever burning a bridge, but you know, one of the good things I've done in my career was that identified early that the more people you know, it doesn't mean that you don't know the people that you did, right? When I moved around all those jobs at the at the broadcaster, I didn't miss. I, I didn't stop knowing the other people and they kind of kept coming back into my life. And this event I was at in New York was for a client that I worked with this year called Formula E, which is electric race car driving. And they're a championship and they go across around the world like F1 does. Um, and we were supposed to have um, a Canadian presence for a race, which didn't happen this year, but Formula E sent myself and my partner down to um, New York to see the race. But the reason I got that job, I'm just going to back up for a minute. When I worked on the Olympics, I worked with a woman named Andrea, who soon left to go to another broadcaster. Years later, when I had my own company, she worked with WWE. WWE, which is based in, well, in the US, but the UK people were looking for uh, people on the boots in the ground in Toronto during SummerSlam a few years ago. And Andrea thought of me. So she connected me with this guy. I worked on WWE SummerSlam. This guy moves to Formula E a couple of years later. He needs somebody in Canada. He calls me. Then I end up in New York for a Formula E race, which is pretty cool. So it's just about keeping, it's not even about burning bridges, but keeping those connections. Yes. And having, just doing your best every time because people will, people will remember when you did a good job, even if, you know, and they might come calling later. Yeah. And I think it's really all about even nurturing those connections and making sure that you're kind of staying in someone's head. So being on LinkedIn or having some social presence with them, just staying in touch. So they remember, oh, I worked with this person. This is where they are now. So if an opportunity pops up in that area, I know that they're there. Yeah. Comment on someone's LinkedIn post, congratulate them on an anniversary send them a little note, you know, how are you doing? Do you want to have a coffee? You know, whatever it is, that's, it's good. And it's sort of passive, right? Like you're not taking too much time of someone's day, you know, they'll read it when they can. 
So um, yeah, it's always good to stay connected. And again, just sort of like read the room, read the room as much as you can. And so switching gears a little bit, I want you to tell me what kind of a week in your life looks like, and it doesn't have to be a specific week, but what are some of the tasks you may do during a specific week? Okay. Um, A specific week would be, it would be a lot of writing. For me, it would be creating social posts that are about PR because that's what my social media feed is about. Um, writing blogs, pitching media, meeting with clients, meeting with potential new clients. Um, you know, sometimes there's events have kind of started to come back. I went to one event at TIFF. Um, I am in a couple of weeks working on um, Legacy Awards Black Carpet, which is the first here in Toronto because a friend of mine is running that event. So I'm going to help her. Um, so I'll be working on the carpet in the back room, talking to media, bringing talent down, uh, down a carpet. Um, also on interviews, you know, you're pitching interviews, you secure the talent, you connect the call, you prep the talent, you send the assets um, to the journalist, you do co- media coverage reports. It's sort of all over. It's sort of all over the gamut. Yeah. Yeah. And so thinking about all those tasks, what is a class or two that you would recommend to someone in undergrad that they might not necessarily think to take, but that would really help them? Oh, huh. Or even if you could create your own class, what would you make sure to include? Oh, um, you know what? I would say internal communications. And I would never, if I would never have taken that class. Mm-hmm. I'd never have taken it honest to God, because that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to work with journalists on the outside. I didn't want to talk to an internal audience. I thought that was kind of like boring, but it's so important. It's even if you don't work in corporate communications, you really need to have an understanding of what it is because it can help inform your external outreach. It really can. So I would say, don't be afraid. Just take it. Just take it. Yeah. And so on that note, I kind of just have one more question to wrap up the whole interview. And it's, if you could go back and start your journey over from college to interning, to getting your certificate, to where you are now, if you could go back and change anything, would you, or would you do anything a little bit differently? You know what, for me, for me, I think where I kind of missed out was when I did my mass communication degree, I would have tried to take some business courses as well. And not just because I own my own business now, because I really think that would have helped me in any corporate sphere, just understand what a business looked like. I remember when I was at graduation, one of my classmates, they called her up on stage to give her her diploma. And they said that she had a major in mass communications, minor in business. And I thought, should have did that for sure. So if you're interested ever in owning your own business, maybe down the line, or just you're thinking about going into corporate, like try, I would say take some business classes because I think it'll really help round you out. I think what's really interesting, and I know from a lot of my own experiences that I've seen, a lot of like marketing degrees qualify under a business degree, but PR and communications doesn't fall under business. And I think with the integration of PR and marketing and how that's starting to 
get more and more meshed together, we need to start seeing that represented in academia. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. For sure. That would have been helpful. And, and even just, you know, for them to say, when you need to graduate, you need to have two business courses or something like that. Right. Like, I think it just really rounds you out and sets you up because PR is a business. It's a big business. It's a fast business. So you should really know the basics of hardcore business while specializing in PR or marketing or whatever your specialties. Yeah. And even when you say take one or two business classes, I think so much like we're required to take like general education classes in college. But I know for me, it was like my general education classes were philosophy or a language or economics. But why didn't you make me take a business class? I know. Business is integrated into every single industry. Yes. Universities, do you hear us? (laughs) Reconsider. Just put it out there. I feel like guidance that's all I would have need I would have needed it I feel like in my past few episodes I've been talking so much about like college and classes that I feel like I need to take all of this information I'm getting and write like a strongly worded letter to like every (laughs) university and just send it like a mass email be like hey here's what you gotta do Uh, (laughs) we'll start a letter writing campaign it I I think it could work Or, or we could just get ourselves on some credible media and really force it that way. Yeah. Media is the way to go. It's the way to go. It's, it's a tool that everyone has to use. So, and it's the tool that everyone forgets. So we can lead the way. Mm -hmm. And so thank you so much, Amy, for coming on and sharing your story and your tips and tricks. It was so great having you on the show. And I'm sure my audience is going to love this episode. Thank you for having me. It was really fun to talk PR. I never talk PR anymore. So this was fun. I feel like we never talk, like we can't talk enough about PR. 